This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Filmmaker and documentarian Jonas Poher Rasmussen met his friend Amin, the subject of his new animated documentary Flea, during the 90s while they were students in Denmark. Amin, which is a pseudonym they created for the film, made a harrowing journey as a child refugee from Afghanistan, a dramatic story that Amin kept secret until recently as he prepared to marry his husband. Flea is a documentary that examines themes including flight, dislocation, immigration, and freedom. It's also a coming-of-age story. The film has already won awards including the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance and the Cristal at Annecy and will be presented this month during the Toronto and New York Film Festivals before a December 3rd release from Neon. Joining us to talk about the film is Jonas Poher Rasmussen. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Jonas, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. To start, would you tell us about your friendship with Amin and how the two of you decided to make the film? Um, so I met Amin when I was 15 years old. Um, I'm from this very small Danish rural city, or it's a village, like four or 500 people in it. Um, and then one day when I was 15 years old, Amin arrived, and he was 16. And you know, when you're from that tiny village, like having a Another kid your age in town is, is kind of a big deal. Um, so uh, quite soon we started meeting up every morning at the bus stop, going to high school, and we uh, slowly became very good friends. Um, and this is, of course, 25 years ago now. Um, and I was, of course, curious about his past and why and how he got to Denmark already back then, but he, he really didn't want to talk about it. Um, and he haven't actually talked about it at all in all these years until a couple of years back where I finally decided uh, to open up and, and tell me the story. And that's what's in the film. Uh, it's the first time he tells his story. It's the testimony where he talks about how he got from Afghanistan to Denmark. I actually, I have a background in, in radio myself. And I asked him, I think 15 years ago, if I could do a radio documentary about his story. And he back then said that he wasn't ready, but he knew that he would have to tell the story at some point. And and when he was ready, he would tell it to me. Um, and then, you know, years passed, and, and I was invited for this workshop here in Denmark called Anidocs, where they com combined animators and documentary filmmakers to develop ideas for animated documentaries. And I again thought about his story and asked him if he would be, if he wants to tell me his story as an animated documentary. And he finally said yes. And this is seven or eight years ago. Um, and also because with the animation, we could make him anonymous, which was kind of key to him. So Flea is an, an animated documentary about a man who spent um, five years of his life on the run, fleeing Afghanistan, fleeing the Taliban. He grew up in Kabul uh, in a loving home. Um, and then everything was torn to pieces as Russia withdrew from the country and the Taliban took over and he had to flee. And this took him on this harrowing journey uh, through Russia and a limbo in where he's been, you know, 
on sinking fishing boats. He's been in in, in prisons. Um, so it's 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 his story, and all this he kept a secret for so many years, and it's really been it's really been hurtful for him to not be able to share his story before because his past and present really don't stick together. Uh, so yeah, it's a story about being a refugee, a story about trying to find a place in the world where you can be who you are with everything that it entails. Yeah, it's basically a story about trying to find a home. Tell us about the decision to use animation in order to tell the story and give him that anonymity. Well, yeah, like like a major point was to give him an anonymity because, um, you know, this is the first time he tells the story. Uh, it's really, you know, his innermost secrets. It would dive into some of his life traumas. Um, and he he really wanted to keep it this private still so that he could decide himself when he wanted to open up and talk to people about it so that he didn't, you know, meet people in the supermarket and they would immediately know who he was and know his, his traumas. Um, but also, you know, because most of the story takes place in the past. Um, so animation was really a way to kind of uh, give life again to his to his childhood home to uh, Afghanistan, like how, what did Afghanistan look like in the eighties and Ro- Moscow in the nineties, and also because it's really a story about you know memory and trauma, and with the animation it it enabled us to be more expressive. So so at times when we, I, I could kind of tell it when I, I did interviews when he started to talk about things that are were hard to remember or. Uh, were specifically uh, traumatic to him, uh, he he started talking in another way, and I really felt we should sense that in the animation as well. So when he dives into these memories, um, the animation becomes more surreal and expressive, and and we kind of try to stay more true to the emotion rather than being realistic on, on what happened. So I think those three reasons are, are like the main reasons why we, we chose to, to make the animation. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on what you were just saying about the visual style? Sure. Um, so there's different kind of visual styles in the film. One is, um, you know, where we reenact his childhood and, and what he went through. And there we try to be really realistic. Uh, authenticity was really key. Uh, it, it should feel like a documentary. And we we did a lot of research, found archive material, found footage and photos from Afghanistan in the 80s and Moscow in the 90s. A lot of that material is in the film, um, and we really wanted to have like fluid transitions going from archive to animation. Um, so keeping this kind of authenticity was 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 key. And then, then there's this other kind of animation, which is a lot more simplistic, uh, which is when he starts talking about things that were that are hard to talk about. When we dive into a trauma, or when there's something where he wasn't there himself, but he just has, have an emotion uh, about it. There's, there's a part of the film where where his sisters are transported uh, in a in a container, um, which were very dangerous. And because he wasn't there himself, it's more about how to depict the fear he felt about his sisters going on this journey in a container with a bunch of other refugees. So those those were really the the, the different kind of visual styles uh, in the film. And yeah, I think I think authenticity was really key throughout. Like we, we really wanted it to feel authentic. Um, we did that, like a first test at some point where the characters felt a little too near and everything was a little, a little too clean. Uh, so we kind of went back and redid uh, the character designs because they should feel human. They should feel flawed and and authentic. 
Tell us about the animation house you chose to work with. So Sun Creature was, like when we started this project, Sun Creature was also starting up. And it's, it's a bunch of amazing uh, Danes and French guys who, who uh, and girls uh, who met up here in, in Denmark. And, and there's seven of them. And they started this company right around when I kind of started doing this project. So we kind of grew together. And, and they're just an, an amazing bunch. And they're, they're based here in Copenhagen now, but also opened a studio in France. Um, and they basically do 2D animation. That's that's their expertise. And they've they've done, um, you know, things for Riot Games for like commercials for Coke. Uh, they've they they've done for Travel Oregon. They've done a lot of amazing stuff commercially. And then they kind of handpick uh, projects that they want to work on uh, more artistically. And then you also incorporated some live action. Yes. I, I did a lot of research in the beginning, you know, just looking at YouTube, finding clips from uh, the war in Afghanistan, uh, really finding, you know, trying to find material from the area uh, I mean, lived in, in Afghanistan, but also in Moscow. Um, and I really, from the beginning, thought it was super important to have that in the film, you know, to kind of remind people throughout that that the, that this is not a fiction. Uh, the reason why Amin is taking on this journey is because of historical events, and I want, wanted to show those historical events in the film and remind people that this is this is not a fiction. This is this is a true story in its core. How many years did this take to make? When when did you actually get started? Well, it, you know, it, it kind of depends on when you start counting. Um, the uh, <laughs> the initial idea was came in. I was invited for that workshop in here in Denmark in 2013, so that's eight years ago. And but we, you know, and then we spent a lot of time developing, uh, financing, uh, uh, writing, doing interviews. I think I spent like three or four years interviewing them in where I did uh, like a span of three or four years where I did like 15, 20 interviews, and then I kind of transcribed everything, wrote a script where I kind of chose my way through all the material I was given. Um, and then when we went into production, I think production probably took us about two years in all. So while you were making it, what was Amin's involvement in the storytelling and then during the filmmaking process? Well, I mean, he was very generous, first of all. Like he, he, he trusted, because we've known each other for so many years, we've known each other for 25 years. So he, he trusted that I would tell his story in a way where he would recognize himself. Um, but of course... He's been a big part of the process of making the film as well. Um, from the interviews, then I did, did this kind of script where I organized all the material I was given. Um, and he read that, you know, he read that a couple of times, gave notes, especially on things where if something was were, were factually wrong, or if I had left out things that he felt was really key to understand his story, then we had conversations about how, how to get it back in there or why was it important. And the same thing with the, when we had like a first rough edit, you know, in animation, you edit before you start animating. Uh, so we did this this really rough edit with the rough storyboards, and he saw that as well and, and, and commented in, in the same way. So, so he's been a big part throughout uh, in the process of making the film to really make sure that, first of all, that it was factually correct, but also that he felt that it was his story. What did he say when he saw the finished film? It must have been incredibly emotional. Yes, exactly. And that's what he said, that the first time he saw it, it, it was incredibly emotional to him. But he wasn't sure if it was actually a good film. Uh, because, you know, 
it's his story, it's his traumas, everything is in there. So of course it's very emotional to him, but for him to kind of know if it also would work for a film for anyone else, he didn't know. So for him, it was very rewarding to see how the film was reviewed and received at Sundance when it premiered. Uh, it, it got really well received. And I think he was a little afraid uh, if people would be able to relate uh, to his story. Um, and seeing that people actually were, even though they weren't re refugees or weren't gay, uh, was really uh, heartwarming for him. For you, what was the most difficult part of the story to tell? Mm, I, th I think um, the part that takes place in, you know, in the present day. Um, there's him and his boyfriend are trying to settle down. And and I could tell from the beginning that, that you know, Amin uh, had difficulties doing that. And being in the middle of that as a friend and also as a friend to Casper, his, uh, his boyfriend, you know, I I could just sit and watch, which was difficult. Whereas, you know, everything that took place in the past, of course, it was harrowing um, and hard to hear. But I couldn't do anything there. Whereas everything in the present tense was a, was a little, you know, it was hard to be in because I could see that he was kind of hurting himself. Of course, this is also a very timely subject. In light of recent news, what do you hope people take away from the film? Well, I, first of all, I really hope it gives some perspective on what, what's going on now. I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's just heartbreaking to see history repeat itself. And, and I've, I've worked on this film for so many years. And just to see now, like shots that I've worked on for weeks and months for this film, and now you just see it on the news and it's like the same thing happening. It's just heartbreaking. So I hope that people will get some perspective and will be able to relate to the stories that refugees bring with them, that, that people that a lot of refugees, you know, they carry these traumas with them and you don't see it on the surface, of course, but they carry it underneath and it has an effect on everything they do in their life. It is underneath. And, and, and so hopefully just a little bit of understanding of what these people have been through and how it affects them in their everyday. Jonas, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.